Hey everybody, RJ here. Just a reminder that during this Bloodvarin arc of the campaign, we utilized and made mention to a map that was given to us by Harrison for use as reference. If you'd like to see the map for yourself so you can understand what we are referencing in the episodes of the arc, you can find it in every episode description of this arc of the campaign. Anyways, that's all I need to let you know right now. I'll talk to you during the mid-commercial break of the episode. Now let's get on with The Return of Ornon, episode 25. Previously, on Realms of Nerds, The Return of Ornon. A small compartment opens. Inside is a monocle with a golden rim to it and a gold chain. The the, the monocle of Latidu! And uh, he was going to look through it. And as he does, he turns into a shadow. You can see that this temple is absolutely massive. Sibo is going to look through the monocle and teleport up to one of the You, uh, land. actually I think you do a really good job of teleporting in, and you kind of carry yourself a step or two past, like, the entrance into the building, so you kind of quickly just pass through where all of the guards are stationed here on this balcony. Where are, where, where, where are we going to do? Well, my friend, I will lead the vanguard. You shall take a contingent of troops to the west gate and assault there. Uh, Mikhail turns back towards his companions, notices that the dragon has been taken down, and says, Maliaculus is fleeing! We have only left the pursuit of this villain. So you are led uh, through to uh, a giant hall, and at the end sits a fairly sizable stone throne with a small figure lounging in it. Kneel before the Queen Arlana. She looks at Mikhail. He may leave us. And she darts forward quickly and comes in and bites down into the side of your neck and just takes a long draw of the blood that pours out. Brunhilda starts to feel lightheaded and sway on her feet a little bit and Arlana kind of taps you on the forehead and with that you give in and you uh, you pass out and fall to the ground. There's some kind of uh, rope or something in there. He's gonna reach in and pull the rope. Somewhere up above you, you hear a loud rumbling and crumbling of stone. One of the pillars has crumbled, revealing that uh, up above where it was was some sort of a secret passageway, where quickly Sage and her entire strike team rappel down through the hole and surround the queen. Let's start out uh, in the castle. We've got Brunhilde and Joshimi. So it is now mere moments after Joshimi pulled the lever, which 
revealed the long unused secret entrance through the roof of the throne room that Sage dropped in and uh, used to apprehend the queen. Uh, So now you've all assembled. She and her forces are holding the queen. Joshimi, uh, you have just come up through this small side passage that opened up after you pulled the lever, and you now find yourself in this scene uh, in the throne room with Brunhilda on the floor and the rest of them guarding the queen. Well, uh, looks like we did it, folks. Save the day again. That's how I do. That's how we do. Don't, don't, like, don't, I don't, don't think I, don't think I underestimate how much all of you helped with this, because you all helped a lot. I just pulled the rope. But hey, I'm still a hero. Thank you, Joshimi. You performed your part admirably. Yeah, I did. (laughs) You hear that, Brunhilda? Oh, no, she didn't hear that. She's unconscious. And uh, with that, as you reference Brunhilda, um, she actually uh, sort of unconsciously... Well, I guess everything she's doing right now is unconscious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyways, she kind of unconsciously has a reflexive cough. And uh, you notice that as she coughs, she actually uh, throws up a a little bit of this, like, green sort of gunk. That's gross. And, uh, Brynhilde, you're actually going to take another point of damage from that. Is it supposed to be that color? I don't really know about vomit. I, this is not right. The, she, uh, Sage looks at, uh, the queen. What did you do to her? I was trying her out for a snack. Oh my god, that's gross. And, uh, she turns and flashes Joshmi a smile and you see the sharp teeth lining her mouth. My, what big teeth do you have? And, uh, she just licks her lips and stares at you. How do you lick your lips? Without cutting your tongue off. That's my big question here. You got such sharp teeth, how do you get your tongue through there? Why don't you come over here and I'll show you. Hard pass, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Brunhilda throws up again and uh, again takes another point of damage. Wait, so if you bit her, is she like a vampire dwarf now? Is that how this works? Oh no, she's merely sleeping. But, uh... It will probably become permanent fairly soon. Oh, so the sleep of death. Cool. We should probably fix that. Not that I super care about her, but I know that they'd kill me if uh, she's dead. Anything we can do. Anything at all. I'm not really a health specialist. I could try something. Can I do a medicine check? Uh, See if I can... Go ahead and do a medicine check. Do something, I guess? Give her the kiss of life. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Rock Hammer? <laughs> that oh, wake cool. her up. I don't need to... 16. Okay. I think that since Joshimi has been a part of the criminal underworld for so long, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's very proud of that. Uh, I think since Joshimi has been a part of the criminal underworld for so long, he know he knows a poisoning when he sees one, and so uh, I think that because of that, you have learned to be prepared, and so you have some 
herbs and whatnot in your bag that um, you can use to counteract poison. Uh, and so when you come over and check her out, you realize that she has, in fact, been poisoned in some way or another. Well, that's poison. I, I should know. I've dealt with poison before. That's what it looks like. <sighs> All right, let's fix her up. Okay, so you, you're you going to give her the, the herbs you've got with you? Yep. Okay. So uh, when you get when you give her these herbs, she uh, she remains unconscious. However, uh, there's no more of this throwing up or whatever. It seems like you have at least stabilized her condition. Uh, he heaves a sigh of relief. Aww. You just happen to have some anti venom on you. <laughs> so he's, par- he's a Listen. paranoid dwarf. Okay. So if it's Josh and me sighing, it probably sounds like a bad air conditioner. <laughs> well, it's 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 fairly quiet. It's it's more like a, it's more physical than vocal. Okay, so it's more of like one of those. All right, like a huff of air. I didn't know Josh and me was it's capable stuck, of breathing yeah. quietly. <laughs> Not at night if you catch my drift. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> About to yeet off this planet, I tell you what. <laughs> Alright. So you've now stabilized her. Uh and uh Sa- Sage says What are what are we going to do with your friend? I don't know if she's well enough to be carried. Listen, I don't know either. I just I just heal with the herbs and stuff. I sh- I'm, should we just I mean, she doesn't seem like she's waking up. Should we just pick her up and take us with her? I don't know if moving her is going to harm her any or something, though. Ugh, this sucks, because the only other healer person around, other than maybe the elf dude, is uh, is the dragon boy, and he don't remember much. So unless one he uses a healer, we're just going to have to wing it. Very well, then, Rockhammer. I'll leave the decision up to you. Should we try to take her with us and advance through the city, or set up defensive positions here? Ooh, you asked the wrong person, but uh, I guess if it comes down to me, uh... And with that, 50-50? with that, we're going to uh, we're going to cut away from this scene momentarily. Bro, I want to see if I live the though. castle, bro. <laughs> we're going to cut away from this scene momentarily, and we're Josh, going. Josh, for me. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna cut to uh, to Sibo, who is now in the temple. At this point, uh, his magic has worn off, and he is now visible. Okay, so that you said when I first got in there, I had about twenty minutes left. So, like, I've been sneaking around for a little while now. Yeah. Okay. So, where have I gotten, and what have I seen? Well, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess the way I guess we'll handle. I'll ask you a question then, um, and then and then we'll have you roll for it. Okay. Um, what are you trying to accomplish? Sibo uh, is trying to figure out what's what's up with the temple. Um, he remembers that Mikael told him that this city was very religiously based. Okay. So he assumed that the temple would probably have. Some sort of significance, perhaps, you know, there's more knowledge he could learn about the city from, you know, their religion than from, like, their ruler. Uh, so his 
goal is to sneak into the temple, probably go towards the center where the most stuff would be, and probably down also. So going to the the basement, I guess, would be his ultimate goal. Probably that's where all the sneaky stuff is. I mean, he's been around quite a few different places, and he knows that the shady shit always happens <laughs> in the bottom of the building. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I guess to clarify, so you're trying to just see more or less as much of the building as you can. You're not particularly focused on a particular area well, yeah, outside of getting lower into... The right, right. And I mean, like, as he goes, obviously, you know, like, if there's an open door or something, he's going to check inside, uh, looking for any books that he might be able to read. Well, the- has he thought about, like, what the layout of the interior is? Of course. I mean, if he's inside, he's obviously going to be casing the entire place. He is around. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just there to learn the building, perhaps find some secrets. Okay. So, but overall, I mean, because 20 minutes is not that long of a time. So, just to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly, you are looking more for volume of looking rather than detailed looking. Right. Okay. All right, go ahead and roll, um, uh, I guess just investigation. That's going to be 17. Okay. So with 17, um, I think that you, the floor that you came in on, you, through kind of a cursory search, you see that it's mostly, like, reading rooms and uh, study areas, things like that. And so, uh, I mean, you don't search the whole floor. Again, I mean, I think I hammered in on this before, but this building is the size of multiple city blocks. This is a massive building. So I think that you pretty quickly realize that this floor is most of the same and start going down more. Um, So I think as you're investigating and going down, I think that you make it to the, uh, the ground floor of the building. Was there floors in between those? Uh, yeah, you went down, uh, you went down several floors. And how many of those floors were filled up with the same stuff? Um, I think you actually saw, uh, like I said, you're, as you're going down, I think you're more or less just taking a, you know, a few minutes on each floor just to check it out. Right. Um, there's actually a wide variety of stuff that goes on in this building because it's a temple religiously, but you gather that there's also a lot of um, community based around this building as well. So are there how is there some sort of housing or did I see <laughs> um, uh, like rec rooms like you, know I mean? you did not see any housing. However, there is a lot of meeting areas, a lot of like. I guess you could call them, you know, rec rooms or classrooms, whatever. Like- yeah, offices, rooms that are set up with, you know, like teaching materials. It's like a, I mean, there almost some sort of elements of like a community center as well. Um, Standard typical cult center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they have? Do they have cultist uh, youth group there? <laughs> you got to start them young. Yeah. You got the pre-K moms. What about the cult country club? You got the cult mops group. Mothers of preschoolers. <laughs> are there cliques within this cult? You know, like the preps, and, you know, the bangies. The goths are the normals. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
I mean, they are drow elves, so... Yeah. <laughs> They're edgy. <laughs> anyway. Fuck. Anyways, so you make it to the ground floor, and uh, the ground floor is really uh, dominated through most of the center by this really tall, open entrance area. Okay. Um, the center of which, actually, you can now see, you couldn't tell before, but it actually extends up several stories, the ceiling of this, so you assume that at some point in the the other floors farther up, there was, like, you know, balconies looking down onto this. Right. And in the center of this large open area, you see a giant statue, probably about 30 feet across and uh, about a story and a half tall. And it is a statue made entirely of gold and depicting a five-headed dragon. Are there, like, pillars in this room or some sort of, um, uh, like, decor? Or is it, like, yeah, is it an open um, room in the center, but... Yeah, it's an open area, and then there's pillars uh, lining either side, supporting the floors above. Okay. Um, there's, like, one set of pillars? One? One on each, one on each side, yeah. running down. Gotcha. All right. And so that's, uh, that's <sighs> now where you are at... And uh, I think that actually as you get to the down to the bottom of the last stairs, as you're looking around, you kind of uh, steady your hand against the wall. You know, you've been running down a lot of stairs. You're a little bit out of breath. And uh, you actually notice that you can see your hands again and you are not invisible. Oh, shit. Um, all right. All right. Okay. Ground floor. Um, quick question. I guess. I should have asked this already. Um, what so far as uh, he's been sneaking through the building, there were there was forces on the the top of the building and on the balconies outside of the building. What has the security been like when I've been inside? So the inside of the building, there's been soldiers every so often that you've seen running around, I guess, but they're moving with quite a bit of purpose. So he hasn't They've, noticed any sort of, sort of patrols. No, I think that you... I mean, there's been a few... Like I said, there's been a few guards walking around, but most of them are just, you know, point A to point B. I think that you get the sense that they have every entryway covered, and so they don't feel like the threat is inside. Gotcha. Cool, cool. All right. Um, let's see if this baby has a basement. Um, he's gonna make his. He's, he's on the ground floor, right? He's already yep. come down the steps. So I guess he's gonna look for a side passage somewhere that might lead off and go down from here. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll a stealth check for me. Twenty-five. Okay. Sibo goes off to find an entrance to the basement. What? And with that, we are going to cut over to Ramash. Hell yeah. Ramash, your forces have just smashed through the western gate uh, with your incredibly uh, tactical plan. You have uh, successfully broken the gate open. You lost uh, quite a few of your soldiers. You've got 100 archers left, and you've got 300 swordsmen. Okay, what do, I, what do we see immediately when we enter the <coughs> gate? Like, what's the road before us looking like? Uh, the road in front of you, uh, the main road, there are some uh, hastily built roadblocks put in place. 
Some of them are, you know, just as simple as like, you know, some wagons that they've rolled out and knocked the wheels off of or, you know, crates piled. Nothing like too concrete. Are, are we seeing like a bunch of archers on rooftops or anything? Um, you can see uh, some soldiers running towards you along the main road. Here, let me do a let me do a perception check and see what I can. Think. Okay. That's a uh, twenty-five. Okay. So specifically, you can see um, the the wall, which is now, I guess, next to you, kind of behind you. However, you want to look at it. Yeah. There's a considerable amount of troops still on the wall that are not immediately charging you, just because they're trying to, you know, kind of reassess how they're going to attack you. Here, I think, is the sense you're getting. Uh, up in front of you along the road, you see that there are archers stationed behind several of these barricades that have been built, and there are more troops moving up the road. Uh, you also hear off to your left, so towards the north, Yep. you hear a considerable amount of, for lack of a better word, battle noises. You know, the clash of steel and screaming and that kind of stuff. Uh, so, given that, you can surmise that Michael has also been successful in breaking through at the northern gate, and that your friendly troops are somewhere off there to your left. Okay. So, this little alley by between the buildings and the wall, can I see down that al- down that road a ways? Is there anything blocking us down that way? Um, you can see... See you down it in a limited sense. I, well, I should say, is it look as dangerous as going down this road? Like, is it as full of soldiers? Because I know the wall's next to us, but is it covered with barricades and stuff? Um, that one, there's not really a lot of stuff on that road. I think that... Okay, so with, with your 25, I think that you deduce that they left this road open so that they could quickly move soldiers, uh, you know, next to the wall. So as a result, there are some smaller obstacles, I think, on this road. And obviously, you would have to contend with troops along the wall. But it is not as barricaded as the road is. All right. All right, guys. We're going to travel along the wall a couple blocks up and get away from the main road. And then we'll use the back alleys to meet up with the main force. Okay, so to clarify, traveling along the wall, are you climbing up onto the wall? Or are you traveling along the road? We're traveling. We're going to travel along the wall itself until we get to that uh, number nine district. And before we start passing it, we're going to turn along that mainish side alley. The one you see the one I'm talking about. Yes. We're going to turn along that. We're going to take that to two. Okay. So but, and head our way to the gate. Okay. So I'm, but I'm just clarifying. You are not climbing up onto the wall. You're staying on that road next to the wall. Y- you are correct. Okay. So, so we're going to, we're going to go turtle style again to keep arrows off of our heads from the guys on the wall and we're going to march our way north up along the wall to a side alley that's not quite as barricaded as a main road because I don't want to get taken out by archers all along one of these giant roads I'm trying to conserve my men if you yeah so yeah that's what I'm doing okay so you uh you're going to form your soldiers up and start moving along this road here correct okay any particular uh, sort of formation, or are you just marching them along? Well, hope we're. Um, I'm trying to make it so we kind of like that turtle we were doing 
marching d- towards the gate to try and keep archers off of our heads from the wall and potentially the buildings. Okay. And, I don't know, kind of spread our archers amongst the shields, hopefully to conserve some of us, and keep archers at our back, along with some of the soldiers to keep soldiers off our back, you know? Cool. Alright, so you uh, you get your troops formed up and start marching them along the wall. And we are going to cut over to Mikael. Mikael was led out of the castle, back along the road. This time you were not uh, blindfolded, so you do see where you were taken. They take you back into that military district right next to the castle, uh, but to a different building than you were in before. This one is slightly larger, a little bit nicer. It looks, I guess I would say it looks more like a headquarters than a holding area. It's, you know, less uh, less drab. It's a little bit better lit, things like that. Since I'm not blindfolded, can I do a perception check to kind of, like, see what sort of factions are represented here? Sure. That's a 10. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, you just see, at this point, you're just seeing soldiers that are all the same uh, group. They have on this uh, armor that's black with some red ornamentation to it. But it is uniform. Yes. These okay. are yes, these are professional soldiers. So it's clearly at least a faction of unified. It's not just random townspeople. Yes, no, absolutely. These are these are soldiers for sure. You can okay. tell from they're organized. From the from you know the weapons that they have to the armor. And does they it wear. appear like there are there's like a hierarchy, like different armor right. for like captains or um, the, I think that at this point, all of the people you see have the same armor on, more or less. They're all wearing the, the black suit with the, the single drainpipe tie and the white shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, besides, I mean, you only ro- rolled a 10. You're only going to get so much from that. <laughs> yeah. So you are led into this uh, room, which is also a holding cell. Like, again, uh, same thing as before, slightly nicer. Uh, but they chain you down to a similar chair as you were chained to before, and you are left to sit there for a few moments. Well, gee, fellows, you didn't have to make the strap so tight. They don't even acknowledge you. They just walk out. These guys are pros. They're not going to get riled up from a little bit of taunting from a prisoner. So uh, these guards leave Mikhail in this holding cell, and uh, you're in there for a few minutes, and then the door swings open. And in walks Maliaclus. Oh, my hated foe. What I would give right now to be free of these bounds, that I may, as a warrior, cleanse this earth of your presence. I'm sorry. Have we met? Your lack of knowledge of me only shows me that time has not been kind to your mind. Time is mine to play with. Time is everything. Time is my bitch. Time bends to no man. It will not favor you. And yet here I stand. I was there when dragons roamed the earth. I was there when the elves went on their holy crusade. And you will be brought to bear again before the dragons roam the earth again. You the see, dragon gods, not these pets. You seem so confident and 
to be honest, I do admire your hatred, but what happened? Did I kick your puppy or something? My confidence is not only in my own self, but in my legacy. The whole cult of Bahamut knows who you are, and they have placed you as a high mark. I have been sent as the only one capable of cleansing you, for now, though a thousand protégés wait for my fading presence. Ah, the cult of Bahamut, yes, I had some fun with them back a while ago. Yes, your previous visits were remembered. Only that you appeared while the strongest were away. Only a coward and favored in the dark arts would pursue such a venture. You must be cleansed. And uh, with that, he actually walks up so he's much, much closer to you and uh, leans in a little bit. And so you think that you're the one to cleanse me, do you? When hundreds of thousands of others have tried. I've seen much hatred from many foes, but you seem just single-mindedly determined. Convicted is the word my brethren use. Well, regardless of how you choose to frame it, I, you have slightly piqued my interest. What did I do to you? Your curiosity only speaks of your lack of memory. Truly, truly, your years have not been kind to you. Madness will take those who abuse the dark arts. You killed my family in front of me, left me as a child, in blood and entrails, merely stating that you had already sated your appetite and didn't want to eat a young dog. Well, you're wrong about one thing. My memory is something beautiful. See, not only can I remember the things that I've experienced, but when I consume of the soul of another, I can grasp some of their memories if they are worthy or considered to be a great hero, whatever that means, for all great heroes end up in the ground. But I must tell you, your family, they must have been pretty fucking boring, because I remember nothing of them. Only as boring as the High Priest of Bahamut and leader of 10,000 legions of mercenaries that cleanse the blood of nations. Only that boring. <laughs> Bahamut. The cult that worships the fucking blood of their enemies. I'll tell you one thing. The cult of Bahamut is good for sating my appetite. Ah, well, you fought with such ferocity when we were assaulting the castle. I assumed that you might be much more interesting, but it appears that that is not the case. Oh, well. You see, you, uh, you killed my dragon's son, and so I feel like you don't have much longer to live on this world, so goodbye, uh, what, what was it? 
I oh I've forgotten already. You Mikhail, must have... next to be named the successor high priest after I claim your soul. Mikhail, I'm so disappointed in how fucking boring you are. And with that, he turns and he walks out. All right, let's bounce back to Joshimi. <laughs> what has Joshimi decided to do? Ah, let's. Eeny, miny, mo, catch time. This is. You had to lay it on me. I don't want to move until we get someone here that knows more about medicine than me, so I guess. I don't know. Do you guys do well at defensive? Or are you more off? You're all we're all ninja-like, kinda. Uh, that's it's a more offensive. This is very difficult. Uh, defense, defense. Well, defense. So be it. And uh, she motions to a couple of her soldiers, and uh, says, "Take the injured one up to the tower." The rest of you will set up defensive positions as best we can. And uh, with that, they all move towards the uh, the wing of the castle that is, I guess, the northernmost part of the castle that kind of sticks out. There is a, uh, a tower there um, that they use. You know, they barricaded the door at the bottom and uh, set up in positions so that they can see out of the windows. Um, but before uh, they get everything completely set up, you see Sage uh, off to the side speaking quickly to one of her soldiers, and the soldier nods, and then he um, actually uh, repels out of one of the windows and then takes off running. Well, that was fucking sweet. Uh, excuse me, Sage. Yes. What's up with that? I must send word to Michael that we've captured the queen. Makes sense to me. What do we do now? I I really don't know. Now we wait and we pray to whatever god you think is listening. All right. Let's jump back to Ramash at this point. Ramash, you have now reached the the crossroad of um, that sort of... Uh, two and nine. Yeah, that road that splits between the two districts, between the cra- the craftsmen and the slum district. All and right. you're heading up that road, correct? Yeah. All right, boys, let's get away from this wall. And we start moving down that kind of back alley thing. Okay. As you start pushing down that way, you suddenly hear a roar from one of the side alleys, and you get blindsided by this massive drow elf. This guy looks like basically like Mikhail on steroids. Li- like a bot like a bodybuilder elf. This guy is just ripped. Oh, and um fucking do it. I'm the juggernaut. Bitch. You can you can tell this especially because he is wearing only a pair of pants and boots and then uh he is shirtless and he has nothing on the top half except for Kind of like a leather, sort of a harness that you can tell held his weapons on his back. Although he now has these weapons in his hand, and he has two battle axes, hey. one in each hand. Are they hot pants? Are they hot? Uh, <laughs> they are not hot. Tell pants. me they're not assless chaps, please. <laughs> we don't leather. need that. They're assless leather chaps. <laughs> oh, but they are. <laughs> I mean, if they're not leather, are they chaps? Anyways, good point. 
I think they're just pants without a butt at that point. Anyway. Yeah, so anyways, he has just run into you full force. I think knocks you back into one of the walls. Oof. And then with that, a contingent of troops quickly follows him uh, out from the side passage, and they start engaging your forces. Cut them down. All right, I'm going after this big motherfucker. He's going to die. Okay, go ahead and uh, make an attack. Actually, I'm going to throw a flame at him. Okay. I'm going to burn him to death. He ain't got no clothes on. He ain't got no clothes on. He's going <laughs> to feel it all. So, you've seen The Princess Bride. You know when Inigo Montoya finds Count Rogan, and he runs around the corner, and Count Rogan just stabs him. In Mikhail's situation, he feels more like Count Rogan walks into the room, and he's strapped to the chair, and he says, Ha, you can't do anything, you bitch. So, it's just like, I'll fucking murder you. So basically, you're in the pit of despair, is what you're saying. <laughs> the pit of despair. <laughs> The pit of despair. Anyway, all right. So I rolled uh, um, 22 against AC for Produce Flame. Okay, that hits him. All right. Do I have to roll that magic stuff or whatever? Uh, Yeah, well, go ahead and roll your uh, your damage roll first. Da-da-da damage. Against the 1 HP. All right, that's 8 fire damage. Okay, and then roll a d20. That's a 7. So you uh, you cast this flame, and you attempt to throw it at this guy, and it actually blows up in your hand, and you take the damage. Damn it. Well, it's a good thing I'm resistant to fire. That would be interesting as a Yay. character, an enemy character with, like, an insanely high uh, AC, but only one HP. <laughs> you know you only have to hit him that one time and Yeah, but done. it's, it's okay. getting to hit him, that's the problem. Magic missile. Um... So he is gonna come out, come back, and come after you. Twenty-two. Oh shit! Yeah, that hits me. Sixteen. Yeah, that. Oh, wait, no, sixteen. No, sixteen doesn't hit me. Okay. Twenty. Yes, that hits me. Twenty. Yes, that hits me. Okay. What the hell is this guy doing? A freaking spin when attack. Sugar, down swinging. All right, so he comes at you, and he just absolutely smashes you with these battle axes. Uh, three of them connect, and you take 25 points of damage. Jesus. Well. Well, 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 okay. well, well. I will ask you at this point, are you uh, are you going to keep trying to engage this guy single-handed, or are you trying to rally some troops to you? Oh, f- fuck single-handed. Boys, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a little hand here. This, uh, <laughs> I'm dying. I, I think I bit off a little bit more than I could chew, you know. I mean, it's he's a he's a he's a big fellow. Any, we got any big fellows on our team? Listen, I'm no. a lover, not a fighter. No. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, you. And he starts pointing at people. <laughs> yeah, he's go ahead and roll. Plus, um, let's have you do a just a charisma. I got a fucking two. <laughs> okay, you get one soldier that joins you. <laughs> His well, name is Fred. <laughs> He's uh, hey, one year from retirement. Hey, hey Fred, I, I know you're nearly done with your career, okay? But this is going to be the highlight, all right? We're going we're gonna to take this fucking guy down. What? I can't hear you. What? We're going to get some bread? All right, all right. Uh, no, Fred. So Fred charges this guy. <laughs> I love Fred. And, uh, 17, that is gonna hit him. He doesn't whiff. I like Fred. 
And he does seven points of damage on this dude. Fred ain't fucking around. man. He's a fucking veteran. All right. Go for it. He's only got one eye. All right. Um, I'm going to cast Hold Person on this guy. On Fred? Not Fred. I'm going to cast it on fucking The Rock here. Dwayne the Rock. Can Jackson. you smell? Yeah. What Fuck the that. straw is cooking? So he's gonna oh. make a wisdom saving throw, a wisdom saving throw, or be paralyzed for a minute. Gobble go. So six okay. rounds of combat, basically. Oh, bro. You realize that if you don't roll right, you're gonna be paralyzed for that time, right? I will cry <laughs> harder than I've ever cried in my life. Oh. But I'm desperate. I just took 25 points of damage. Uh, that was a five. Oh, he's paralyzed. Kay. If I succeed on my magic roll. One, one, yeah. one, 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 baby. One. Daddy needs a 20. I want. That's a, that's a six. <laughs> <laughs> Ramaj. I fucking pulled through your brains back in your head. Just for you to die like this? Ramaj, <laughs> suddenly your knees lock up. You feel your body stiffen. And as it travels from your feet to your head, you get in one final gasp of air and you say, Fuck. And then you freeze up completely and you fall over and you are paralyzed on the ground. Well, shit. At the end of, at the end of my turn, I can... <laughs> Retry the saving throw when you try your I best. I have to beat my own DC. Oh, God damn it! Okay, so uh, now that you have been paralyzed, this uh, this guy is going to focus his attentions on Fred. No, Fred! Hey, Fred's a tough cookie. Uh, that's that's a twenty that hits. Okay, he's not bad. That's tough. a seventeen that hits. Fred is dead. That's a 22 that hits. <laughs> Fred, I'm sorry, that was a 24, and that one was also a 17. So all four of those hit. Fred, well, Fred is dead. Well, whoever's listening, dead. I hope you enjoyed Ramash, because this is his second time dying. Fred's about to die. Yeah, I know, but he's going to turn his attention on me. Mm-hmm. Unless he turns his attention on the troops that can actually fight. I mean, maybe, but my prospects are not looking high right now. <laughs> okay, so this... Uh, Berserker turns his attention to Fred and charging towards him brings his axes up and with a mighty roar brings them down one on each of Fred's shoulders and cuts him from shoulder to hip straight down and uh, his arms and legs are both separated from his body and he drops to the ground and his lifeless face is staring right at yours. In in the back of Ramash's mind he's like and he was so close to retirement, too. <laughs> oh. oh. Alright, so you killed a man. I did you killed a man. <laughs> you Fred. Uh, do I need to make a wisdom saving throw while I'm just... Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, God. This, what do I have to three beat? Kids. I have to beat a 15. And a wife. I have to beat a 15. Well, did he? Did he? Yeah, and now... You're, and now you're it's, making assumptions. Sorry, it's up say, in the air whether his wife is actually three wives. <laughs> it's up Hell in the yeah. it's All up right. in the air where, right. whether yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, his yeah, pension yeah, or not. All right. I got a twelve. I didn't beat my own fucking DC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm still paralyzed. 
Yes, you are still paralyzed. <laughs> His eyes dart. Let's see. Don't Maybe he thinks I'm dead. If you just don't move, they'll just leave you there. Well, I can't you move. Are, so. You are incredibly lucky. Because I just did a roll to see how smart your your group of soldiers are. <laughs> how they do. Turns out they're a 19 smart. Thank God. <laughs> and so, seeing that Fred has just been absolutely eviscerated, and uh, uh, you are laying there frozen, unable to move, uh, in a pool of Fred's blood. Um, oh, oh, God. One, one of the commanders yells out, Grab the dragonborn. We need to pull back. And uh, several of your soldiers run over and they grab you and they start dragging you along the ground, pulling you backwards. And you're going to take uh, five points of damage as you get bounced along the ground. Oh here. my god! <laughs> and uh, they what are they dropping potatoes and rocks on? That's what well, I'm well, he said. They had they had uh, are they swinging 19 me against the for their uh, wisdom? Was it right? Intelligence, intelligence, Intel- their yeah. intelligence. So their their combined IQ is that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not doing so well. Ramash will be scarred for the rest of his life from so the you, face of Fred. So you, your attack pulls back, and you, they pull you back to the intersection of this small road and the wall. God damn it! Um, Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com. Hello, everybody. RJ here, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 25 of The Return of Warnon. And also, thank you all so much for supporting us through three years of podcasting. March 15th was our podcast's three-year anniversary, and we cannot thank you enough for all of the support and listenership. It means so much to us. This is kind of our anniversary episode. We didn't have any big plans, and I kind of fell behind on editing this episode over the month uh, because of stuff I had to deal with. But... Regardless, the episode is out now, and I hope you are enjoying the episode so far. Stuff's getting kind of spicy. Granted, stuff's been getting kind of spicy, but it's just getting more and more spicy here on the show in this campaign. Uh, But anyways, on to the usual stuff. If you are not already following us on social media, don't forget you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We have a Facebook page. I think we have a TikTok, if I remember right. Uh, I don't really post much on that. We are also on Twitch uh, every Tuesday at 8 p.m., although sometimes I have to push it to Thursday. At least I have been recently because of, again, stuff going on in my life. But every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there's a podcast listen party. What it is is I play an episode of the podcast. I'm going in order that we released it. I'm back on episode 8 or 9 as of the time of recording this uh, for streaming, it's just a still image of the artwork, and then I hang out in the chat and talk about trivia and whatever with anybody that wants to stop by. Sometimes one or more of the other co-hosts stops by in the chat as well. Speaking of Twitch, uh, if you'd like, you can find a couple of us streaming over on Twitch now. As I've mentioned before, I'm on Twitch as Red Sun Five Five Gaming. Uh, that's 
R-E-D-S-U-N, the number five, the number five, G-A-M-I-N-G. And then you can also find this campaign's DM Harrison over on Twitch. He is at twitch.tv slash deathflash5. That's D-E-A-T-H-F-L-A-S-H-5. Both of our streams are family-friendly, unlike this show. Uh, But if you'd like to come over and hang out, you can watch us. We tend to play games like Minecraft, Apex Legends, Destiny 2... And on Wednesdays on my channel, I play Disney games like Kingdom Hearts or Epic Mickey. But it's just a fun old time, and we would love to see you guys come out and hang out with us over on our Twitch channels. Both Harrison and I have Discords as well for our Twitch streams. Mine also encompasses both this podcast and my other podcast, Cedar Country, that Ray and I record. And you can find links to both the Discords in the episode description. Also, don't forget to check out the other podcasts promoted at the beginning and the end of this commercial break. You can find links for those podcasts in the episode description. I'd just like to take this time to say thank you again for supporting us over the first three years of podcasting. I'd also like to give a big thank you to our friend Kyle for composing the main theme of the show. We really appreciate you, bud. Thank you all for listening. Again, we appreciate you all so much that it's it's a huge honor, I think, at this point. I don't know exactly where our numbers are at, but we're definitely, we've definitely hit over 5,000 downloads. We even got the email about the little uh, 5,000 downloads sticker image thing, whatever, from Podbean. So it really means a lot to us. Thank you guys so much. I, we just can't, I, I just can't say thank you enough. Anyways, enough about me babbling. Let's get back into the return of Warn on episode 25, and I'll talk to you all again when the Vasanoka Adventures episode number six drops. Until then, have a great night or a great day, whatever it is, whenever you're listening, and let's get back to The Return of Ornan, episode 25. I'm Midnight Agent Raw, and I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast, and each week we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on! We're on! Alright, we are going to jump over to Sibo. Alright. Yeah, so Sibo was looking around, and I think after a little bit of poking around in some of the back areas, you were able to find a stairway that has started leading downward. Okay. What's you see? Perception? Yeah, go ahead and do perception there. That's 17. Okay, as you go farther down, um, I would say that... Uh, there are still some areas in these lower levels that, as you go by them, look... Well, I guess let me ask you this. Are you stopping on, like, the first level of the basement, or are you just trying to get as far down as you can? I know there were multiple levels of the basement. Yeah, there's a, st- there's a staircase. You can arrive at the first floor, and it can- continues going down. All right, so when Seabull gets to the first floor, he's going to peek his head in and see what he can see. Okay. It looks like... I guess uh, a good reference in real world would be, like, pictures that you've seen of, like, a private study. 
Like it's everything is, you know, there's a lot, a lot of books, but everything seems much more ornate and you can tell that this, this area is definitely not for the general public. Okay. She was going to keep going down then. Okay. As you go along, you see uh, several different things. There is a floor that appears to be some kind of a ceremonial area, um, mm. at least from what you can see. Like tables and shit, like um, where they perform rituals and stuff? Yeah, there's some of that. There's some altars, different things like that. Uh, another floor down from there is... Actually, there are several floors that appear to be various laboratories, I guess, or like areas where you could study the arcane arts. So, you know, things of that nature. See a lot of, you know, cauldrons and big, you know, bins of herbs and other parts that would be used for spell casting and things like that. Herbs. Okay. Different kind of herbs. (laughs) (laughs) Hope Springs Eternal. Okay. And um, then finally, you reach the end of this staircase, and uh, you're confronted by a solid wooden door that is uh, securely locked. Well, can it be less securely locked? I don't know. Can it? Why don't you give me a whole roll of the dice there? Yeah, slide a hand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Given the bank heist, who knows? Oh, yeah. 17. Yeah, I think a 17 is enough to pop this lock. It's not... Not that's, Fort Knox. That's not um, even true. It would be a 20. Because oh. I'm using my thief tools and I get an extra proficiency bonus with them. Oh, perfect. So yeah, that's yeah. definitely enough to pop it open. In fact, you know, I think that Seaboy uh, actually makes a comment as he pops it open about how antiquated this lock is and that his grandma could still pop a lock like this and stuff Ech, like that. Ech, look at this lock. I mean, seriously, this... My grandmother taught me to, like to pick locks on something just like this. And uh, you are inside. Uh, you are greeted by actually a. There's a flight of stairs that goes down from this doorway um, because this area has opened up into a fairly sizable um, chamber. This whole, as far as you can tell, there really is no division of like rooms on this floor it's just one massive chamber uh with the ceiling about 35 or so feet high all right and you said this does go down yeah so basically think of it as like the door that you just opened is like right near the roof of this chamber so there's a flight of stairs inside the chamber that goes down to the ground floor. Is there some kind of like balcony or anything that goes around this, or is it just? Uh, like no, it's just this down? big open chamber, and from the center, uh, which is actually far enough away you can't fully make out what's going on, you see a bright uh, glow, kind of a purplish glow. Okay, Sibogon, is there any sort of uh, like? pillars in this room or something oh, yeah. you could hide behind. There's uh I'm going to have you roll a stealth check, but right. there is uh there's a lot of pillars and because this is such a massive space, it's not super well lit, so it's very easily sneaking through. Sneaking through. <laughs> 18. Dang, you a sneaky boy. I am a sneaky boy. <laughs> All right. Sibo is a sneaky boy. And he <laughs> sneaks through this room. Are you heading towards the center then? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Would so, you say that he's the sneakiest boy? 
He's definitely the sneakiest boy in this group. Now listen well, here. Wait till I get a spell back. So uh, you uh, you pick your way through, staying in the shadows uh, until you get close enough to see what's going on here. So in the as far as you can tell, this is in the the center of this massive chamber. Okay. There is a stone uh, dais about a hundred feet square, raised um, about ten feet off the ground, with uh, several areas where there's steps leading up to it. And built onto this dais, taking up most of the area, is a large archway made of some inscrutable stone. You have no idea what this material is. But what's more interesting is that the center of this archway is the source of the glow. There is a purple light that pulses almost from the edges of the archway, and in the center... There is something, you can't quite make out what it is, but there is something inside the archway. Okay, so uh, just going, Sibo sees this archway and big glowy thing. Is this, does it have any sort of similarity to the big arch and the big gateway that they went through, uh, like the portal they went through previously when they were in the wasteland? You talking about the portal that, like, Michael used to get here? Nope. The portal that we went through very briefly before. And saw the fish people. Water and world. Fucking different oh, and we people. Wound up in. I know what you're... Okay, I know what you're talking about. Um, yes. I, I was confused. I wasn't sure which area you were talking about. But yes. Um, that one was in water, so it looked slightly different. However, uh, you recognize that, like, there's a similar sort of energy glow from the edges of this archway. Oh, boy. Um, all right, Sibo. So, you're going to do the stupid thing. You're going to do the smart thing. You're going to do the stupid thing. Or you're going to do the smart thing. And then he's going to step through the arch. Oh, God. Okay, you're actually still a ways away okay. from the arch. The reason why you can't tell anything about the inside is because you are not up on the platform. You're just, like, oh, hiding okay. behind a pillar. Right, right, all right. Uh, okay, so what does Sibo see as far as... Is there anybody else down here? As far as you can tell, there is no one in here right now. Okay, he's gonna make his way up these steps very slowly, cautiously, stealthily. Okay. All right, so I think you reached the top of the steps without any trouble. Go ahead and do a uh, an investigation roll for me. Twenty-one. Sibo reaches the top of the dais and steps forward to examine this glowing arch, which he now can tell very clearly is a portal. As you look through the inside of this portal, you see a scene of utter destruction. There is a ground area that is just littered with bodies and, like, burning corpses. Uh, Off in the distance, you see a river of lava flowing. Overhead, these strange black creatures circle, and this just seems to stretch on into out of eyesight and maybe even beyond. It is just a scene of utter as, devastation. As Sibo stands there and looks through this gate with absolutely almost no expression on his face, just completely awestruck, he just says, that, 
that that's hell. That that is one hundred percent hell. Uh, what are we fucking? Why are we? What are we? Be, what are we messing with right now? And um, with that, Sibo's gonna take a quick glance at this archway. You said that he doesn't know what the material of the that the arch is made out of, but does Correct. it look like there's any sort of energy source for this portal? Like perhaps a, a stone that is, you know, out of place or brighter. Uh, no, this okay. um actually exactly the opposite. I'll just continuing on with your investigation roll from before. Now that you're closer, you can see that the stones that make up this archway are. You assumed that it was just black stone before, and you couldn't quite place what the stone was. As you're closer, you can now see that these stones are actually absorbing light. They are not just black. They are beyond black. I want it. And um, you just get uh, this feeling standing next to them of just like a like a buzz. And even you being a non-magic user can tell that these stones are just steeped in magic. No arcana check necessary. No, you can... No, this is... These things are so magic that you can feel the energy of the magic just radiating off of them. Oh, damn, these stones. Fuck, I'm not even gonna have to smoke later. (laughs) So, with that, I think Sibo... There's no way for him to, you know, turn off this portal that he sees... Or any way to really um, change its state. So he's gonna get on out of there. Okay. Let's jump back to Joshimi. Your group has had several minutes now to prepare. What have you guys done to fortify this castle? That's a good question. Lock the door. They hope they don't have blasters. Well, we lock the doors, barricade the doors. We have guards at every feasible entry. Uh, well, I guess depending on... I don't know. How many of us are there? Um, so there's Sage yourself and a group of 30 of her assassins that are with you. Okay. And then obviously you also have Arlana and the unconscious Brunhilda. Okay, so... Hey, MVP! <laughs> given that uh, this is a group of assassins, like, we do a little bit of fort- like fortifying defenses... But for the most part, uh, I think that we're just relying on um, our ability to... I say our, Josh Mead may not be included in this, but the ability to stealthily uh, take out enemies. Aren't you a rogue? I am. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so there, there's, century, there's, quote, sentries at every door which are just these assassins. Uh, that way, if somebody does break through the small defenses that we've set up, they'll be able to hopefully take them out. Obviously, there are more position, more of them positioned at places that are more likely to have uh, troops or something come through. We can't move Brunhilda, so there's definitely uh, like a squadron of people protecting her. And then, obviously, we have the people watching... Uh, what was her name? Arlana. Arlana, yeah. We have people uh, guarding... Her and keeping her under custody. I okay. I don't know. It's like that. Joshua ain't the ringleader here. He's just the dude that pulls the rope. So yeah, we're guarding. We're guarding the entryways. Uh, things like that. Long forgotten secret entrance aren't guarded as heavily as more common entryways. 
Well, you're also not in that area anymore. Oh, we're not? Nope. No. Where you're, are we? You're in the side. So if you're looking at the picture of the castle, the yeah. northernmost area, there's that uh, part that, like, sticks out. The part that juts out, like, on the kind of the northish side? The north. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're at the end of that. There is a tower, and you guys are oh, defending the tower. The tower oh, shit, dog. I got to start all over. Is this, like, a tower, like... Where, like, the princess would be kept, da-da-da, to go wake her up. Yes, it is a traditional does, castle tower. <laughs> does that mean I'm the princess? <laughs> no, wait, hold on. Hold on. Our princess. Hold on. So they moved Brunhilde despite him saying we're going to defend so we don't move her? But you didn't move her outside of the castle. I mean, it's a short distance as opposed to trying right, to fight well, through the city with she her. she dies, it's on them then. Hey, and this it, was your idea. I said defend. I didn't say move. Because we didn't know if we could move Brunhilde or not, so I might just remove her. Still, whatever. You, you don't have to move her through the entire. Yeah, city. fair enough. All right, so are we like all buckled into this one like room at the top of the tower? I don't know. Is there like multiple rooms? There's several rooms going up the tower. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, there's you know multiple floors. Each floor. All right, we're at the top. We're at the top of the tower, in whatever room is up there, and we're like barricading the door. Okay. And guarding. What was her name again? No, it starts with an A. Arlana. 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 I'm not going to remember that. If you want to know her full name, it's Arlana Harry. I, okay. Harry. Me, me in this Harry. moment doesn't Harry. mean in general. Yes, that's nice to know. But <laughs> He's like, no. No, Harry. <laughs> but no, so we're, we're guarding Brunhilda. We're keeping her in, we're keeping Arlana in custody and we're barricading the door and Keeping watch on posts, windows, and all these things. Okay, so you have this uh, this area pretty heavily uh, locked down, and you guys are just staying up there in the tower. Yeah, we got thirty people, and well, I don't know if everyone's in the room, but a lot of people are. Okay, we cut back to Ramash. It's now been a few minutes. This spell has worn off, and you are no longer paralyzed. Okay. Uh, however, you are. Severely embarrassed. Not looking good, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, you. You are embarrassed, beat up, and covered in blood, both your own and Fred's. <clears throat> Poor Fred. I feel bad. Oh. All right, That's boys. Good. I'm going to quick heal up, and then we got we to gotta take this guy down. Fred had a wife and kids, and you let him die. I didn't let anyone die. Okay, I called for help. Fred's the only one who came. That's on you guys, all right? Okay. Don't make your fuck-ups about us! Hey, hey, I came back from the fucking dead. I had my brain eaten, and yet here I am. So you want to go toe-to-toe with me, Maybe bud? Maybe you should have stayed go. dead! Okay, that, all right. <laughs> when this is done, you and me are going to go, bud, all right? Behind the dumpsters out back, we're going. I'll fucking kill you! Nut up, bud! <laughs> <laughs> Give, your balls. You, Shorzy. <laughs> Give your balls Fuck a tuck, you tip fucker. Not ever shut up, bitch. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna heal up. So I'm gonna kill a gnome later. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gonna cast um, cure wounds on myself. I'm fucking die. I'm not gonna die. Actually, that wasn't a gnome, that was a Goliath. <laughs> I hope. His name's Tiny. Tiny the Goliath. No, his name is Brad. <laughs> his name's Shorty. All right. Okay. Shorty in the back. It is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to use a first level spell for this. So. so it's gonna be for ten HP, I think. 
Yeah, 10 HP, and now I'm assuming I have to do that magic roll do that thing. That backfires and you harm yourself. I swear to God, if I kill myself, <laughs> I will cry. Yeah, but that dude won't. I got an 8. Please tell me it just means nothing happens. Ramash. Oh, God. <laughs> nothing happens. The spell works exactly as you cast it. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So I'm a little, a little healed. All right, boys. Let's get him. We're gonna take this fucker down. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take him down hard. Mm-hmm. So are you? Uh, what are you? What are your plans here? Well, I'm going in with a contingency of soldiers this time. Not by my lonesome. I'm not getting surprised this time. We're gonna team up on this douchebag. His a- his asses ours. So you're going back down that same road again? Yeah, we are going after this fucker. Okay. Ramash has a little vendetta. Do a uh, do a uh, charisma roll for me. His ass is grass. Oh, fuck's sake. It would be charisma. I have plus zero. I got my favorite number 17. Okay. Yeah, you you get a good contingent. I think you get uh, a total of ten troops that are with you on this. Uh, the rest of the troops form up behind you, and uh, you again start to march down this road back towards the uh, the enemy force that's waiting for you. And we are going to cut over to Mikael. You have been confined in this room for several minutes when suddenly you hear a thud against the door of the room that you are stuck in. And a slight gurgling noise, and then blood begins to seep underneath the door. Maliaculus, have you come back to release me from my bonds and face me as a true foe? You hear a uh, a few clicks, and the door pops open, and standing in front of you is someone that you recognize as uh, one of Sage's soldiers. And he uh, quickly crosses the room to you. Ah, good. Release me from my bounds. We haven't long to wait. And uh, he uh, he be- begins working on freeing you as he talks. Mikael, it's you. I was on my way to deliver a message to Michael, and uh, I saw that uh, that horned guy, Ma- Mally something. Uh, he, I saw him come out of here, and I figured that I better come and investigate. I'm glad I did. Yes. Which way did Maliopolis go? He got on his dragon. He took off. Uh, thank you. I must now immediately find my articles. Pardon me, soldier. Yes. I would like to see if I can find all of my equipment. Okay, so he <laughs> frees you, and uh, I guess you're free to uh, go about the building now. So go ahead and do an investigation check. Daddy got a nat 20. Okay. Uh, I think that you, I find mea equipo as well. As you no, you you hunt around and uh, you are able to find a uh, a chest where they have stashed all of your stuff, so you get all of that back. And on top of that, uh, one of the guards that was killed by this assassin on his way in left a protein shake on the counter. And you drink that, and you regain ten hit points. <laughs> oh, I thought he was gonna buff up the same size as that other drow. I bet you I know where that protein shake came <laughs> from. Gotta get them gains, boys. Okay. Gains. Now I am uh, headed in the direction from whence the soldier indicated that uh, Maliaclus would be 
Okay. Oh, you mean up and out? Yeah, he just uh, he just oh, said yeah. that he then flew I'm, up. Then I'm then I'm looking for a dragon uh, in the sky. Heading back, heading back towards where my companions would be. <laughs> Mikael, okay. Well, I guess uh, as you as you exit the building, he says to you, "I'm headed north. I need to find Michael and deliver him a message. We've captured the queen. I will attend you, soldier. All right. I think from the layout of the city that I was given." Uh, the best way is to hit these side roads that I mapped out. They go along the outside of the, the temple district. I think that uh, that's probably the quickest way to get north. Yes, and still avoid attention, yes? Of course. Ramaj cannot attend. And, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he kind of motions at the fact that he's wearing, like, assassin's armor. Avoiding attention is kind of my thing. Yes. I, I need a bit of practice. The, the the male it makes a bit of noise when I walk, you know. All right, and with that, uh, the two of you head off and start uh, working your way north through the city. Ramash, you have uh, advanced, and you now come back up to this group. Uh, when this berserker sees you walk uh, walking up, I think that he actually takes his two battle axes and smashes them together above his head and gives out a <laughs> Ramash roars right back at him and then he's gonna cast produce flame at him okay Ramash is not fucking around he's gonna kill this fucker or kill himself one of the air that's uh 22 against AC that is him alright alright solid for 13 fire damage Okay, go ahead and do your uh, d20 roll. Let's hope for a little bit of luck. That's a solid four there, bud. Okay. Uh, This fire explodes in your hand, and you take 13 fire damage as you are unable to contain the spell. Okay, guys. (laughs) Um, I'm a little off my game today, so uh, he draws a scimitar. Let's just do this the old-fashioned way, hey? All right, and so with that, you are charging into battle, so... Well, I guess let's do this. Um, we'll do this as a uh, a real fight. I, I literally have not rolled. Is everyone above kind of converging? For this shit. I'm just talking about this particular group is converging. Y'all are doing whatever you wish. Seriously, mm-hmm. where are these rolls when I need them? Stop rolling your die. All right, so go ahead and roll uh, an initiative roll for me, bud. Cool. Seriously, I'm cursed today. That's five. So it's going to be one group of soldiers, and then the Berserker, and then the other group of soldiers, and then Ramash. Oh, well, that figures. Okay. Let's boogie. So group of soldiers numero uno. Only two of the soldiers hit. Wow. But they've managed to do 12 points of damage. Not so, so bad. Not so bad. Not too bad. And not too bad. I like the way my boys are working. Uh, so next up is the Berserker, and uh, taking this attack, he is going to charge the group of soldiers. So the groups of soldiers, by the way, are yellow and blue, just for when I reference yellow attack first. All right. So uh, he's going to go after yellow. Wow, he only hits once on that one. Wow. Uh, however, he hits for 15 damage, brings one of those soldiers down to almost nothing. Uh, next up is the blue group, who is going to be attacking. Four of those dudes hit. So that's 22 points of damage. Holy Jesus. How is this guy alive? 
Uh, he's he's looking a little beat up. Ramash, you're up. He's oh. a big boy. Okay, Ramash is gonna position himself just a way a little ways away from this guy, so he, the soldiers are kind of between him and the guy. And he's gonna cast cure wounds on himself because he's not looking too good. Hopefully, it goes a little bit better than his uh, produced flames have been. Don't let your soldiers do the dirty work. I see how it is. Hey, it's his off day. Okay, everyone's got an off. Day. <sighs> All right, good. Alright, I'm going for nine points of health, it looks like. So I'm not gonna roll that stupid fucking magic die crap. Hey, I got a 13. Okay. Uh, with a 13, it works as normal. Okay. Yay! Back up to 19 HP. Maybe I'll be able to live through this fucking fight. I want to spend it in spell slot. Okay, I'm assuming that's my turn because I don't have extra turns. Okay, yeah, I mean, unless you're trying to move, but um, no, I'm I'm just I positioned myself the way I wanted. Okay, shield up, ready to go. Next up is the yellow group. So three of them hit on that one. Nice. They hit for 19 points of damage. Nice. Go soldiers. Uh, the berserker is up next, and um. He is going to uh, come after Ramash again this time. Yeah, I'll bet he is. Uh, 24? Yeah. 17? Nope. Another 17? Nope. And a 20? Yep. The two of them hit two me. Two of them hit. Well, shit. Just healed myself for nothing. Oh, man, I might keep you alive. Might. Alright, he uh, comes at you, two of these blades connect, and you get hit for 29 points of damage. And Ramash falls to the ground, unconscious. Next up is the blue team, and they are gonna do their darndest to attack here. So, only two guys hit there, but one of them rolls double damage. So, 14 points of damage. And, uh, this dude is looking pretty, pretty bad. Ramash... Upon a death saving throw. Please don't critically fail, die. That's a fail. Alright, Ramash fails. Yellow team is up. Can they save you? We will find out. There's a lot of nines there. One dude hit. He hits with five points of damage, and this soldier is able to fell this berserker. God damn! He falls to the ground with a thud. Uh, Ramash, since we are now ending combat, I'd like you to make another death save. Hey, there's a success. You want me to keep going? Um, I have to make three of either failures or successes. Yeah, go ahead and uh, roll again. These soldiers don't care about me. Ramash is going to potentially die. Oh my god. I'm on my death, boys. If I get an our failure, Ramash is out of the game. Okay. Um, we just don't. Yeah, we just don't. <laughs> you have any idea how... Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I think that at this point, the soldiers are going to pick you up, and uh, one, one of them says, We don't have any skilled healers here. We need to get back to the main force. And uh, so with that, they're going to they're gonna take you, and uh, they're going to try and go along this road between uh, the number nine district and the number two district there, and try to uh, get up towards where the main force is. Precisely what my intentions have been. <laughs> Mikhail, where are you where I need you? Galvanizing around with a shadow boy. Sorry, a sneaky boy. Shadow sneaky. boy's over there. See, this is what this is why druids depend on wild shape. It's like their ultimate defense. 
All right, Mikael, uh, where are you? How have you advanced through this city? Um, through the side alleys, as discussed with my apparently shadowy companion. Okay. Um, really just trying to make it towards where the conflict would be concentrated. Okay. Trying to find my buddies, who I know are always up for a good time of brawling. Okay. I think as you are uh, skirting your way around, you hear some sounds of uh, warfare off to uh, the west. Okay. Are you going to head towards that, or are you trying to avoid it? I remember the company coming from the north direction, so I'm going to head as close to where I can see there's an easy way to get up on top of the wall. Okay. So you are, um, if you look at the uh, mm-hmm. central temple district, yes. you are on the, you are currently on that western uh, side of western it. Western side, like right where that point is in the Kind of like that little elbow. Yeah. All right, that so then I can see kind of like the artery that leads out to the wall. Uh, you can't quite see to that because of the bend in the road. But right, okay. Then in that case, I am going to head due west towards the battle. Okay. Um, you head that way just in time to come upon a contingent of soldiers uh, that are carrying a bloody and mangled Ramash. Soldiers, identify yourselves. You carry with you a companion of mine who looks as if he's upon death's door. And I think that a bunch of them uh, actually turn and level their spears at you. You identify yourself, stranger. Mikhail of the Order of Bahamut. Perhaps you know your cap- there's a Captain Michael who fights on the outside wall. Go ahead and do uh, persuasion for me. That's a 17. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they believe you. You know, you're you're able to convince them that you are who you say you are. Okay. And uh, they say, This man was wounded in the combat against a great foe. He needs medical attention. Then uh, let me see what I can do. And with that, I cast Lay on Hands and pull from my healing pool 10 points. And... You're a diamond, mate. All right, you have ten points. More than just stabilize him, hopefully revive him. Ugh. Oh, did we get him? Please tell me we got him. Yes, and it appears that you lost a good deal of soldiers on the way to do it. Uh, he, he grabs a near soldier. He's like, please tell me we got that big motherfucker. Please tell me he's dead. We put him down, sir. Oh, thank Bob. Thank every lord. Thank everyone. Oh, satisfaction. All right, let's get moving. We gotta get north to Michael. To the north, you say? Yeah. The plan was to meet up with Michael and hopefully break the back of the soldiers he was fighting. Well, well then, in a pincer way. movement, we shall go. Onward. To the north, man. <laughs> All right, so now this uh, united uh, force. And I guess I should also uh, point out you now have um, 50 archers and you have 200 swordsmen. Gotcha. Uh, that last battle was actually pretty costly for you. Yeah, I imagine it was. So you are now heading uh, heading northward towards the ever-increasing sounds of combat that you can hear. Okay, one more time, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself in preparation for this, because 10 HP ain't going to cut it. All right. <sighs> Lord. Okay, so it's going to be 11 HP, which 
unfortunate die. Do I Dude, want to use what now? is up with you today? What? I've been rolling shitty. I don't know why. I literally just rolled a five. Believe in yourself. Again. Believe in yourself. You just gotta believe in yourself. You just gotta believe. All right. Can I uh, trade Dyson for new ones? Your healing spell does not work. You are unable to control the magic, and it, actually, instead of mending you, it harms you. Uh, you're gonna take three points of damage, and with a snap, your leg breaks, and you are now. Are you <laughs> shitting me? And now, uh, until you seek medical attention for that, uh, which will need to be done specifically more than just a healer giving you yeah, hit points. Your movement speed is halved. Well. And um, when you are being attacked, you're going to have disadvantage on any sort of saving throws. Well, that uh, that didn't work so well. Uh, here, soldier. Yeah, let me put an arm over you. Um, I'm, not, I'm not liking where this is going. <laughs> This is, uh, this is... Stop using magic, you dumb fuck! <laughs> How else am I supposed to heal, dumbass? We don't have potions of healing. You're probably the worst soldier that's ever fucking tried to heal themselves, ever! Hey, we're still gonna fight later, alright? I don't care if I have a broken leg. Have you ever fought in your life? Yeah, probably more than you have, bitch. I'm not the one out here fucking hurting myself! Yeah, you're not hurting anyone, you're just standing hiding in the back. Like you were a little while ago when we had to pick up your sorry ass and drag you back behind us. Rahashi's gonna kill someone. <laughs> Get good, son! Alright, so we're cutting back over to Sibo real quick. Sibo, what have you uh, been doing since you saw this portal? Well, I told you Sibo was gonna like, get out of there. Right, so where are you going to? So he's gonna go he's gonna take a quick stroll through, like you said, there was like these lab areas. Correct. He's not super interested with this. With this area, but he was wanted to look around and see if perhaps there was um, some sort of reading material. You said that there was like a lot of. This is like where they're trained people, right? Yes. So I don't know anything that any knowledge that he could gain, or um, books he could pick up, or something like that. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do an investigation <coughs> check. 22. Okay. Um, you find all kinds of books laying around. None of them uh, still are in a language that you can read, however. Okay. So, uh, I mean, you can go just... Ba- if you wanted to, you could probably pick up a couple books based just off of <coughs> appearance. But... She doesn't um, really care too much. You know, like I said, he was just kind of taking a quick with a, through here. Yeah, with a 22, I will give you, though, uh, that in one of the labs, you find kind of uh, sitting on, like, sort of some, like, holder so that it's, you know, resting up above the table. You find a uh, long wooden staff um, that looks very similar to the one Ramash has, and it has runes carved all over it. <laughs> yeah. Or I should say, yeah, had. <laughs> Fuck magic. Hey, that's a uh, that, that's a nice looking staff. Um, just gonna pick it up, <laughs> throw it on his back. Okay. And then where he really wanted to go was, um, I just labeled them the spirit rooms, all where like he said they had like altars and um, one of the one of the basement floors. Then yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, he's still in the basement. Right. Yeah. 
I was just confirming that. That's a, that's up from the labs. Yes. Oh. So you uh, you head up. Yep. And uh, go to those. So he's a, he wants to look for something that possibly would have to do with like a, a table that they might use for like blood magic. Okay. Well, uh, I'll just go with your investigative role from before. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's a temple for Tiamat. There's a lot of that shit laying around. Okay. <laughs> He wants to look for something, uh, a smaller pedestal, and he'd like to walk up to it and unhook the monocle of Latudu from his cloak and put it on the altar. Okay. He's just gonna, like, set it on the altar? Yeah, does anything happen? When you set it down onto the altar, you see a, a flash... As your hand kind of makes contact, you know, with the monocle and the altar at the same time, yeah. you feel a sharp pain, like, right behind your eyes, but it's only for a brief moment, and then it goes away, and nothing else seems to happen. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, um. Well, I don't know how I'm supposed to get out of here. This monocle would be pretty helpful. So you also see on this altar, I'll just describe this to you so the altar you put it on there's just like a a, it's a slab of stone the top is completely flat except for all of these channels that have been carved into it and at one end of the table there is a bowl carved into the stone that is stained red with blood well i'm not a genius but this looks like uh the blood Goes through here, drips down there, and uh, without really as much thinking as he should, Sibo's going to pull one of his bear karambits out. He's going to make a small cut across the palm of his hand and let the blood drip onto the monocle onto the table. As Sibo's blood drips out of his hand into this bowl built into the table and then begins to seep through the crevices, the blood appears to almost glow with magical energy. And Sibo, the blood even within your veins starts to feel red hot and almost burning within your insides. Fuck, what? Oh, you didn't think this one through. And uh, he's gonna take um, a piece of cloth and push it up to his hand. Okay. Before you can even get the cloth to your hand, you suddenly feel just this overwhelming force that grabs at your hand and pulls it, and the hand that you sliced open is drawn and till it lays flat on top of the table and you are just held there unable to remove your hand from the table. As it sits there, the blood finishes filling through all the crevices on the table and suddenly there is this blood which is starting to glow more and more uh, reaches a point where you can't even look directly at it. It's so bright. And suddenly, the monocle begins to float and it floats higher and higher until it's about eye level with you and then it flies with incredible speed and smashes into your face throwing you backwards onto the ground and as you slowly uh, regain your footing off the ground 
you realize that the monocle has positioned itself directly over your left eye. How does how does the Sibo's vision look? The vision in your right eye looks completely normal. The vision in your left eye, everything seems a little bit off. Certain colors seem grayer. Uh, other colors seem like they're popping with more intensity, and it just it it feels off. Sibo's going to try to kind of just pull the monocle away from his eye a little. Kind of like readjust it, you know? Okay. As you pull the monocle away from your eye, your left eye gets really cloudy and you can see almost nothing out of your left eye. Oh, oh, um, he's going to put it back. Um, all right, all right. Um, then he's going to take a look at the table. Has the blood all flown off the table at this point? Or? The blood is still, uh, some of it still lingers in the crevices. There's a SIBO hand-sized bloody handprint on the table from where your hand was resting. Okay, uh, and then SIBO, after seeing the handprint, is going to look at his own hand that he had cut. Uh, yeah, your hand has healed. You actually have a large white scar that runs across the length of your hand where you cut it. But other than that, it's completely healed up. That is bizarre. And as you begin to focus on your hand, then suddenly there's like a jump in the vision of your left eye, and you can see the bones of your hand. No. 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 And then it goes away. All right. All right. Um, just think, think. Um, he's going to look straight up at the ceiling, and he's going to focus just on the ceiling. Uh, you focus on the ceiling, and you you just see the ceiling, and then suddenly you catch a little bit of movement out of the corner of your eye, and as you turn to face it, you see the spectral form of a woman. And she floats by you and does not seem to pay you any mind and just continues on her way. Um, hello, ma'am, miss. And she just continues on. Shit. This was a brilliant idea! Alright. Simo's just gonna almost giddy like a child is going to try and calm himself down while he um, makes his way back up through the rest of these basement floors. Alright. So, I think you also feel, you have this strange sort of feeling like you are able to go invisible again. Okay. Well, I guess Seabrook is going to try to go invisible, I mean. Okay, and you are able to do so. And so I will give you the new conditions that you have. All right, so from now on, without the monocle, your left eye is almost completely useless. Okay. With the monocle, you are able to see through any surfaces other than stone that are less than a foot thick. And you can see any sort of spectral forms as well. Anything that's, like, in that range of stuff. You see dead people. And the monocle is now, uh, you're now able to use the power that it has up to three times a day. But it has been reduced from an hour to only 45 minutes. Okay. 
Shucks. <laughs> and such as, a detriment. As a final condition, you have disadvantage on ranged attacks that are over fifty feet. Yep, short sighted. <laughs> <laughs> you want a guy with glasses, would you? <laughs> So that is uh, that's kind of a lot of stuff, but that's all the the stuff in the monocle now. Alrighty. Now we jump to Ramash and Mikhail. You have moved your way up the road and the din of battle has gotten increasingly louder until you turn a corner and you see that Michael indeed has breached the walls and indeed has engaged the main force of the armies of Bloodvarin. Uh, you see a full-on melee going on in the streets and in the buildings around the streets and on rooftops. And this is just... Th- there aren't even battle lines at this point. This is just all-out chaos. and It's like a barroom brawl in armor. Yes. Okay. And is it, does it seem fairly one-sided, or is it just kind of chaos? Game. No, this is this is pitched battle. This is evenly matched forces that are okay. brawling it out. And uh, just as you turn the corner, you see Michael, who is up in the third story of a building, jump off of a balcony... And digs one of his massive swords into the wall to slow his descent. And as he does so, kills about four people on the way down. Uh, Landing on the ground, he does a quick roll, pops up, beheads two more enemies. And then turns and seeing your force arriving at the other end, just raises both of his swords in the air and yells to you, Join the fight, brothers! Oh, you heard me. Let's do this. And then we jump... Over to Joshimi and Brunhilda. You have been in this tower for a, a while now, and you've started to get a little bit nervous because you have realized that these soldiers have noticed that you're up there. And uh, there's been increasing activity on the ground. Uh, Joshimi, you in particular, did not sign up for full-scale war, and you were feeling very, very nervous <laughs> when suddenly Brunhilda wakes up. The fuck am I? Oh my god, am I glad to see- I, uh, hi. Were you about to say something nice, Rockhammer? What, me? No, absolutely not. Hmm. Josh, me, you've been keeping watch in front of a window. Suddenly the window you're standing next to goes completely dark for a few <laughs> moments. And then it glows yellow as the massive eye of a dragon looks in. 